Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. This is a podcast from Minute Media. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the November 24th episode of the Bacon Bets podcast, NFL Week 12, Thanksgiving week. And yes, this week's episode is being released one day early, also being recorded one night early. Usually record on Wednesday nights, release Thursday morning because of Thanksgiving. Wanted to give you guys a full day to listen before the Thanksgiving Day games start. I'm recording this on Tuesday night, uh, and we'll be obviously releasing it after I finish recording, editing, and uploading it. So you'll have a full day uh, to download it, listen to it before the Thanksgiving slate on Thursday. This is my first time in the United States of America during American Thanksgiving. Um, For those of you who don't know, in Canada, we celebrate Thanksgiving in October, which, let's be honest... It's objectively the better month to have Thanksgiving. There's too much of a gap between, what is it, Labor Day was the last holiday from then until now. Too much of a gap, a mid-October Thanksgiving makes a little bit more sense. And also by now everyone's thinking about Christmas, uh, but you guys still have Thanksgiving to go. So, And also, I, th- I mean, our Thanksgiving, I'm pretty sure, is Thanksgiving Sunday in Canada. That is the big advantage about Thanksgiving in the States, is that you guys get Thursday, Friday off. I think, if I remember correctly, it's like... We get Thanksgiving Sunday in Canada, and then I think we get the Monday off. Uh, so longer longer weekend in Thanksgiving for Thanksgiving uh, in the United States. Not for me, though. You want to work in sports media? Forget about taking holidays off, because holidays are big uh, in just about uh, every single holiday there's sports going on. So I will not have Thanksgiving off, but uh, for those of you who are, enjoy it. Have a couple drinks, couple smokes, see what happens. Eat some turkey, some mashed potatoes. A little stuffing, a little cranberry sauce, maybe a little, a little warm, a little warm roll with a little bit of butter on it. Uh, I'm gonna try to make Thanksgiving dinner. It's gonna be a disaster. I might burn my apartment down. I'm gonna try to do that Friday, since I'm I am off Friday. That's my usual day off, uh, but I'll be working all day Thursday. Um, last week, the road to 272. Bets hit a little bit of a speed bump. I went seven for seven and eight for minus one point four units. Listen, I know there's a bunch of people who jumped on the train because I was hot to start the year, and I know I've been getting DMs. People are mad at me because I'm not going thirteen and three, uh, you know, ten and five every week like I was to begin the year. But this was to be expected. I'm not going to have a winning week. I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm sorry. There's no sports better out there that's going to hit at 60% or higher throughout an entire NFL season when they're betting on every single game. That's just not going to happen. Maybe if I'm making, you know, three, four bets a weekend, maybe I could keep that up. But the volume I'm betting on, there is due for some regression. Now, the main thing, once I got off to the hot start, my main goal was to make sure I didn't have any terrible weeks. Any weeks where I was losing like five units, six units. And I've, I had one, had one unit where I, or one week where I think I lost, was it four units, three units? But still, I've avoided any just disastrous weeks. If my losing weeks are going to be like one unit, two unit, then that's fine. Because even though I went 7-8 and eight for minus 1.4 units last week, I'm still, for the season long, 
68 and 1 for plus 25.17 units. Now my goal at this point is to get above that 30 mark by the end of the season. Um, I think that's attainable and I think this week coming will be a big step towards that because I got to tell you my friends and I'm not just saying this. Trust me, I'm not just saying this. I love the board this week. Almost every single game after looking at it and looking at the numbers and handicapping it, I was confident in my play. There's one or two, and I'll bring them up as I go through that maybe I'm not so confident in, but I have more confident plays this week than I might have all season. This might be the most confident I have felt heading into... Ooh, what's that out the window? Can you hear that? People in New York City, I saw the other day when I was going to the convenience store, um, like drive four-wheelers. Like there's a gang of four-wheeler drivers in Brooklyn and at just like midnight, they drive around in a four-wheeler and just do wheelies. And I don't know if they just cut the muffler off the four-wheelers or they put some kind of modified fart can on them. But boy, oh boy, are they loud. Where do you even store a four-wheeler in, in, in Brooklyn? And there's like a gang of them. And they just drive up and down the streets and just do wheelies on four-wheelers. It's bizarre. Um, I digress. What I was saying was this is the most confident... I have felt about my NFL picks, I think, all season. So take that for what it's worth. Maybe this is the time you fade me. Because usually confidence isn't good when it comes to sports betting. But I'm being real. I'm being honest. I love my picks this week. Road to 272 bets continues. What? Uh, how many do we have left here? I tweeted this out when I tweeted out my record. I mean, we're, we're, we're well past the halfway point. So we are now at... 165 bets down, 107 bets to go. So after this week, we'll be past the 100 left mark. Uh, so let's hope for a big week here. Um, like I said, I'm recording this Tuesday night. It's 11.50. Uh, the Gonzaga game is just about over. I placed a fairly large wager on them today. And Chet Holmgren is just unbelievably good. Yeah, they're up 20 on UCLA with uh, eight minutes left, I think it was. Um, I went to the Islanders game on Sunday night. For those of you who have followed me for quite a while, I had a, a public beef with the Islanders uh, two years. Te- fan bases don't like when I call their teams frauds. If there's one thing I've learned while getting in the sports betting business, fans do not like when someone calls their team frauds. I learned that the first time when I called the Islanders frauds, and their whole fan base came after me. Uh, and then I've learned that recently with the Titans. Um, but I said when I did the whole Islanders are frauds thing two years ago, which blew up, I said I would eventually go to a Leafs game or an Islanders game with my Leafs jersey on. It was a little bit delayed with COVID. I didn't think I'd be living in New York at this point, but here I am, so it was the perfect time, so I went. I went with my Leafs jersey, made a video beforehand. People were quote tweeting the video saying, All right, Islanders fans, you know what this guy looks like, go find him. It's like, okay, let's let's uh, what are you gonna do? What are you gonna do? Beat me up? What are you going to do, come up to me at UBS Arena and sucker punch me? Like, what are you guys going to do? Nothing. And nothing did happen. I had one guy who came up to me and asked me if I looked in the mirror before I came to the game. And that was such an odd chirp. It was one of those times, did you ever get this, where someone, like, chirps you or, like, shit talks you? And it's so it's such, like, a strange one and you're so unprepared for it that you just stare at them and then they walk away? That's what happened. Buddy, did you look in a mirror before you came? That looks not too good. And I just stared at him because, like, I was, I was thinking, like, what, what's he talking about? Are you saying Leafs jerseys are ugly? Is it just a chirp on the Leafs jersey? Are you just saying I shouldn't have wore a Leafs jersey? Are you saying I'm ugly as a person? 
which would be the most fair statement of the three because the Leafs jerseys are nice jerseys. And there were a ton of Leafs fans there. In my section, I was like surrounded by Leafs fans. It was beautiful. I also got back into it with uh, my good friend now, Kevin Connolly, uh, from Entourage, E from Entourage. Every time the Islanders play the Leafs, we get into a little Twitter spat. That's always fun. He was at the game. Didn't want to meet up. I tweeted in the video, where are you at, Kevin? Where are you at? Nothing. Coward. <laughs> uh, he knows it's all in good fun, though. So, yeah, uh, big Leafs win there on Saturday night. It was fun to see them. A little tidbit for you guys to keep in mind moving forward. I've been to three professional sporting events since I moved to New York, and my bets are gone 3-0. I went to Falcons and Giants, Falcons money line. That hit with ease. Well, not with ease. It was a last-second field goal, but that one. I went to Nets and Hawks. I was on the over. That one. And then went to Leafs, Islanders, and I was on Leafs minus 125 on the money line. That one. So, keep an eye out for when I go to the next professional sporting event in New York because I'm 3-0. I'm hot when I'm there live. Um, That's all I got for you for a little intro here. I got all 15 bets locked in Thanksgiving Day. I got my best bets. I got my uh, my teaser play for this week. I don't think I have anything else to go over. Please subscribe to the podcast. Rate it, review it. If you have five seconds, if you appreciate the podcast, the free content, if you have five seconds, leave it a little review if you're listening to it on Apple Podcasts or iTunes. Leave a, leave a rating, leave a review. That helps us out quite a bit. But without further ado, let's get into the NFL Week 12, the Turkey Day Special, Gobble Gobble of the Bacon Bets podcast. Let's go. More bacon than the pan can handle. 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 Alrighty then, let's get into the games as always, we go in chronological order here, so we are starting off with the Turkey Day specials, which, let's be honest, is a real, eh, you know what, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take, I'm gonna take the, I'm gonna take the uh, alternative take here, it's not a shitty slate, I was about to trash the slate of games, because that's a popular thing to do, especially on Thanksgiving the past few years, the past few years, the second two games are actually pretty good, I'm actually kind of intrigued by Raiders, Cowboys, and Bills vs. Saints, uh, the opening game's a shit show, though. We need to change the rule. I don't know. I think, you know, I did know this in the past. Now I forget. But the rule of putting the lines on Thanksgiving Day every single season needs to stop. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> until they win a playoff game, they should be banned from Thanksgiving Day games until further notice. Or, like I just said, until they win a playoff game. But the game's going to happen. We are going to bet on it. Uh, this what I gave out this pick in the roundtable video if you watch it on Tuesday afternoon, but it is Bears lines over 41.5 at minus 110. Now, there's no secret that the Bears and Lions have two of the worst offenses in the NFL, but if you're going to set a total as low as 41.5, not only do I need to see both offenses bad, but I need to see both defenses are good. And that's not the case. A total that's that low should be reserved for two teams that feature a good or a bad offense and good defenses. Not the case here. Lions 29th in opponent yards per play. And while you probably assume that the Bears defense is dominant, they're not. 14th in opponent yards per play. 25th in opponent yards per rush attempt. Or sorry, 25th in opponent yards per pass attempt. And 15th in opponent yards per carry. So, um, not 
as good of a defensive unit as we usually see from the Bears, and the Lions' defense absolutely stinks. So, yes, bad offenses, but also bad defenses. And when the total is only at 41.5, you just need a couple weird plays to kind of happen. You know, a, t- a turnover deep in your own end, uh, a kick return, return for a touchdown. You just need a couple of strange plays, and that over is going to hit. So give me 12.30 kicks off. Kick off our little Thanksgiving day with an over 41.5. Two teams suck. They both stink. Matt Nagy is going to get fired. Dan Campbell's probably going to get fired, maybe. Uh, so let's just root for some points because it's the game sucks. Let's get Thanksgiving Day started off with some points. I'm gonna have a nice, I'm gonna have a nice Bailey's and coffee maybe. Sit down with a nice little Bailey's and coffee, watch this game, root for some points, and uh, hopefully it hits by the third quarter so I can have a nap. Uh, and then Raiders Cowboys is the next game. This is one of my favorite bets of the week. Raiders plus 8, minus 110. So the theme of this week is to not let recency bias take over. You have to continuously remind yourself. Now, it gets a little tricky this time of the season because what do you want to put more stock in? Do you want to put stock in um, stats that now have a significant sample size to them? I know. I mean, now we have 10 or 11 games worth of statistics to look at, which is a more significant sample size, or... Do we want to put stock in the fact that teams have changed and we should look more into how they've played the past couple of weeks, even though it's a small sample size, as opposed to the full season sample size, because now, I mean, we're um, almost three full months into the season. I more subscribe to season-long statistics, bigger sample size. Teams don't change that much as far as from a personnel standpoint in the NFL, as opposed to something like baseball. Baseball, the team's going to change quite a bit between the start of the year and mid-season. NFL, for the most part, especially especially your important players, are going to stay relatively the same. Schemes will change a little bit. Game plans will change a little bit. But I'm more apt to look at season-long statistics right now as opposed to how teams have performed in the last few weeks. And that's why I will be backing the Raiders at plus 8 in this spot. I mean, you look at most statistics statistics for season-long, not only are most of them close, but a fair amount of them the Raiders are actually better. And yet they're 8-point underdogs. So, um... Net yards per play. It's a stat I gotta bring up all the time. If you're a first-time listener, it is your offensive yards gained per play. Subtract. Why did that word sound weird? Yeah, subtract. No, sub subtract. There's no there's no second s. Holy shit! I gotta go back to school. That's embarrassing. Subtract. <laughs> Substract. That's not a word, Ian. Uh, <laughs> your offensive yards. Fuck. Your offensive yards per play. Subtract. Minus uh, your uh, your defensive yards given up per play. That is net yards per play. <laughs> that's a tough look. Subtract. I don't think that's a word at all, is it? Substract. Nope, made it up. It's subtract. There's only one S. Uh, moving on. The Raiders are fourth in the NFL in net yards per play. <laughs> the Cowboys are 11th. I said it so confidently the first time, too. You just subtract. Tough. The Raiders are fourth in the NFL in net yards per play. Don't allow my bad English to uh, overshadow this because this is important. The Raiders are fourth in the NFL in net yards per play. I mean, yes, they've had a lot of weird things happen to them. Yes, they uh, fire their head coach. Yes, the whole uh, Henry Ruggs thing. At the end of the day, heading into week 12 of the NFL, they're fourth in net yards per play. That's worth something. Cowboys are 11th. Now, like I said, 
A lot of weird things have happened to the Raiders. They don't necessarily pass the eye test. You can make a lot of arguments for saying the Cowboys are, are the better football team, even though they're behind the Raiders in net yards per play. And, and to be fair, in this situation, I might agree with you. But the spread is eight points. There's no world, whether you are a big stats guy or not a big stats guy, there is no world where a team who ranks fourth in net yards per play should be an eight-point underdog to a team that ranks 11th in net yards per play, in my opinion. Now, notice I'm not taking the money line. I'm not getting that aggressive because I do think the Raiders situation is a little bit weird and they haven't played well the past few weeks. But eight-point underdogs, even though they rank fourth in the NFL in net yards per play. And then if you look at yards per pass attempt, Raiders are fifth in the NFL, Cowboys are seventh, very comparable. But then if you look at their defenses and how each defense defends the pass, Raiders are fourth in opponent yards per pass attempt, Cowboys are 21st. Now everyone, when they think of the Cowboys defense, they think of Trayvon Diggs, and rightfully so. He has about a million interceptions this year. But outside of him, and even with him, very he's a ball hawk, but his coverage is not great. He, he, he gets burned sometimes. The Cowboys are 21st in opponent yards per pass attempt, Raiders 4th. So very big advantage for the Raiders there. And then let's not forget about the injuries that the Cowboys are dealing with as well. Um, and the other thing i got to bring up about this game, I don't know if you guys are, are Reddit people, um, but if you go on the Reddit subreddit, actually I should have put this in my note, let me bring this up really quick, I, I apologize for me clanking on my keyboard here for two seconds, because uh, I want to look, so someone on the Oakland, or not the, the Las Vegas Raiders subreddit, um, at the start before the season, flipped a coin for all of the Raiders games this year and posted the coin flip results, and it's perfect so far. It's a perfect, what, 9-0, 10-0? Sorry, I'm just trying to find where this coin flip picture is so I can look. Here it is. Um, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8. Yeah, so it has correctly predicted the result of every single Raiders game so far this season. Which, if you give every Raiders game a 50-50 chance of happening, that's a 1 in 1,024 chance of that coin being right through week 11 that's a 0.098 percent chance and the coin flipped on the Raiders winning this week against the Cowboys so if you believe in you know magic (laughs) if you believe that this coin is a fortune teller and to be fair there's a 0.098 percent chance of them predicting of the coin predicting the first 10 games correctly and it did then maybe you want to take Raiders money line hmm if you're into the spooky factor, because that is a big-time spooky factor. If you if you factor the spooky factor into your handicapping, then consider Raiders' money line. The coin might be magic. Go over to reddit.com slash r slash Raiders, and you can see for yourself. 10-0 so far, it has predicted every game. So there you have it. I'm not going to be that brave, though. I'm just going to take Raiders to cover the spread here. Eight points is crazy, in my opinion, when you look at the statistics, and I am a statistics-first guy. Give me Raiders plus eight minus 110. Thanksgiving night. Bills. Saints. Like I just said when before I started talking about the Raiders-Cowboys game, we can't let recency bias, in my opinion at least, take over our thoughts. Look at season-long statistics. Yes, the Bills had an ugly loss to the Colts. Yes, a few weeks ago they had an even uglier loss to the Jaguars. But statistically, the Bills are still first in net yards per play this season. The issue with the Bills is 
They have bad games. Everyone has bad games. Every team and every single professional sport, no, no matter how good of a team they are, they have bad games and they lose some games. The issue with the Bills is that when they have a bad game, they lose. Now, great teams, when they have bad games, they find ways to win those games. Even when things aren't clicking, the Bills aren't like that, though. When they have a bad game, they stink. But when the Bills are good and when they're on, they are a legitimate Super Bowl-caliber team. Now, I can't bet against or on a team assuming that they're going to play good or bad. I just have to go by the statistics. And the stats say they are the best team by a significant margin and net yards per play. Um, And the thing about the Saints, I think this is a perfect stylistic matchup for the game against the Saints here. Everyone talks about how good the Saints defense is, and they are in certain areas. And I've brought this up in the past and in previous episodes of the podcast. But the Saints defense is extremely one-dimensional. They are the best team in the NFL in stopping the run. They are a very good defense in the red zone. But this is a point that not a lot of people, not, not a lot of the talking heads are bringing up about the Saints defense. They just praise the Saints defense this and that. But the Saints are actually very vulnerable in their secondary. 25th in opponent yards per pass attempt, 30th in yards per completion. They're actually 7th in opponent completion percentage. So they are the complete opposite of the Eagles defense, which I'll get to here in a bit, where they don't allow a lot of completions at a high rate, but those completions go for some major yards. They get burned quite a bit. They allow deep shots. They they allow yards after the catch is very big. Um, And that's exactly what the Bills offense does. That's what the Bills offense is. Deep shots, yards after the catch, uh, plays like that. This is a picture-perfect matchup for the Bills offense. Nightmare matchup for the Saints defense. Love this play. Bills minus 6, minus 110. So those are my three Thanksgiving Day games. Bears-Lions over 41.5. Raiders plus 1.8, minus 110 against the Cowboys. And Bills minus 6, minus 110 against the Saints. Now before we get into the Sunday's games... Quick ad break. I'll be right back. And we're back. And by the way, now that we have ads on the show, new development. I will mention I don't. I'm not the one who places the ads in there. Uh, they're put in there by Minute Media, who I'm part of their um, podcasting network. Uh, and it's all location specific. So some of you are don't even get an ad. So if you don't get an ad, because I've had I had people message me saying, Ian, you forgot to put the ads in. I don't put them in. I mark where they're supposed to go in, and sometimes they get added, sometimes they don't. It all depends on your location and where you're listening to this from. So, if you don't hear ads, great. You don't hear ads. If you do, they're what, like 10 seconds long, 20 seconds long? Please deal with them, um, because hopefully, uh, well, not hopefully, um, because then this way I can make a little bit of money on the podcast. Um, And I need money. Why? Because I'm poor. People think I'm rich. I get chirped for my seats. I have nosebleeds at the Islanders-Leafs games, too. I'm not... I'm not rich, guys. (laughs) I wish I was. I'm not. Uh, That is why I record this podcast in my bedroom, um, on my computer, and my microphone, and I edit it all myself. Maybe someday I'll have a studio, uh, but today is not that day. Let's get into the Sunday NFL games. And I'm going to start with my Falcons game against the Jaguars. Now, I mentioned at the start of the show that I'm very confident about the board this week in the NFL, but this is one of the games I'm not confident in. Um, and while I do do usually do a pretty good job of judging how my Falcons are going to do, especially last week, I mean, I saw that blowout coming from a mile away. I don't know if I've ever called a game 
No, I, and no, there. I mean, there has been other times, but I, I was dead on about that Falcons Patriots game. I even tweeted out a picture of the alternate minus nineteen and a half point spread. I'm kicking myself for not sprinkling on that. I chickened out at the last second. There's no, there was no universe where the Falcons were going to win that game or even be competitive. It went literally exactly how I ma- imagined it to. But whatever. Um, I'm not. I'm fading them again this week. I'm going to take the Jaguars. I'm going to take them on the money line plus 100 because these two teams are very statistically similar. They rank 23rd and 26th in yards per play. 20th and 22nd in opponent yards per play. So, I mean, the, the overarching stats, they're right next to each other. The Falcons proved to be a fraudulent team. They really did have an easy start to their schedule. They kind of won the games that they are supposed to win outside of maybe Washington. Uh, they got crushed by uh, the Eagles. They got crushed by the Buccaneers. Uh, and then the last two weeks, they got crushed by the Cowboys and the Bucks. The Jaguars, on the other hand, while they're losing... They've at least been competitive with some good teams. And I mean, they beat the Bills. While the Falcons haven't been competitive against a good team at all. I mean, they beat the Saints, but division rival, Winston was out. Um, yeah, the fa- I mean, the Falcons stink. They've been outscored, what, a combined, what, like 68-3 to their last two games? Uh, their top receiver, Calvin Ridley, he's stepped away from the game for mental health issues. Kyle Pitts, he's very talented, but he's still obviously extremely raw. A tight end position is not a position where a guy's just going to come in and dominate the league from the get-go. Um, now, he, like I said, he has been playing very well, um, exceeded my expectations, but still. like he's not. Kyle Pitts is not a guy you're going to bet on a team because they have Kyle Pitts yet. Not yet. And now, meanwhile, A.J. Terrell is the best corner in the league. Got a big interception last week. I hope he gets more praise. Unfortunately, you can't start 11 different A.J. Terrells on defense. And everyone else on defense, especially the secondary, sucks. Other teams are literally just looking to see where A.J. Terrell is and then just throwing to the opposite side of the field. Watch. Watch. The, well, I, I don't know if Urban Meyer and Trevor Lawrence are going to be smart enough. But uh, the Cowboys and the Patriots did it. Literally, where is AJ, AJ Terrell? All right, we're not thrown to his receiver. Uh, who's the other guy receiving? Why am I blanking on his name? Who's who's the who's the bum corner who's been getting burned for the Falcons? I'm so bad at remembering name, this, names. This is rough that I can't remember my own team's second corner. That just goes to show how bad we are. It's a bum's name. Fabian Moreau. If your name's Fabian, you, sh- you shouldn't be on an NFL team. You should be posing for covers of romantic novels that women who just went through menopause read. You shouldn't be a starting cornerback in the NFL with the name Fabian. Oh, Fabian. If there's a Fabian on the other team, I'd be throwing his way on 100% of plays. And that's what teams are doing, and they're burning them. Uh, but the Jaguars suck, too. These these two teams suck. There's three toilet bowl games this, this week. It's the Lions against the Bears, the Jaguars and the Falcons, and the Texans against the Jets. And my general consensus when it comes to shitty games uh, between shitty teams is that just take the underdog. Especially when the underdog's at home, which is the case that we have here. I would probably set this game as a pick 'em, and Jaguars are like plus one. So not a confident play. I'll play with. I'll, I'll go with the Jaguars, though. Uh, and also, I'm fading the public here because the public's on the Falcons. Uh, so, Jaguars plus 100, even money against the Dirty Birds. Uh, then we're going Panthers-Dolphins. I will take the Panthers 
minus one at minus 115. Oh, this is another thing someone brought up. Uh, when I get into every single game, I always say the team that I'm picking first. Uh, that doesn't mean that they are the away team. I know that's confusing because when you say games, you're supposed to say the away team first and the home team. I say the team that I'm betting on first. Sorry. That's, I gotta do it that way to keep it simple in my brain. Panthers minus one, minus 115 against the Dolphins, although I do think, yeah, they are the away team here in this case, so in this case it works. Uh, Panthers defense had a rough outing last week against Washington. Uh, they killed my under bet. But what did I say earlier? I am not overreacting to recent results unless it's about the Falcons, because I guess I just overreacted about the Falcons. So, uh, other than the Falcons, not overreacting to recent results. Uh, Panthers defense still second in opponent yards per play, second opponent yards per pass attempt. They can be run on. 16th in opponent yards per carry, but the Dolphins aren't a rushing offense. Now, if we look at net yards per play, Dolphins are fifth last. Panthers, largely due to their defense, is right around the middle. They're an average team in the NFL when it comes to net yards per play. They're sandwiched in between the Colts and the Broncos to kind of give you an idea of where the Panthers are sitting in that stat. Now, I'm not totally sold on how much of an impact Cam Newton has on this offense yet. He did look good last week. I will hand it to him. He did look good last week. He was efficient. He did what he had to do, even though the Panthers didn't win. Uh, They were right in there. Christian McCaffrey does make a big difference, though. Even when he doesn't get the ball, and you saw this last week, Cam Newton would do, like, excuse me, um, read options, and the defense would just swarm McCaffrey, even though he didn't get the ball. So McCaffrey's return is massive. Uh, This bet does seem too obvious. It almost seems, dare I say, like a trap, but I don't don't believe in trap bets. Uh, Dolphins don't do anything well. It's hard for me to bet on them against just about any team in the NFL, so I will take the Panthers minus one, uh, minus 115 against the Dolphins. Next game, we've got the final toilet bowl of the week, Jets and Texans. Um, I don't have too much to say about this game, and I doubt you guys want me to spend a lot of time on the Jets and Texans. Uh, you probably shouldn't bet on this game. I am going to take the Jets plus 2.5, minus 105, though. The Texans beat the Titans last week, and it was glorious. I've laughed for like an hour straight because of my Twitter feud with the Titans fans, where I just... I need to, by the way, I need to stop... I need to learn how to stop replying to trolls or people who just tweet and want to get in arguments. I willingly get in arguments with them, but whatever. I love that the Texans beat the Titans... But I will be honest, the Texans probably, like, statistically, and this is, I mean, if I'm going to rip on the Titans for not being good statistically, you got to rip on every team. Texans didn't deserve to win that game. They were dead last in yards per play in the entire NFL last week. So worst offense in the NFL last week, and they still won by nine points. But what happened to the Texans last week is what's been happening to the Titans all week. So it actually kind of proved my point. While stats are a good measurement when you're just measuring how good a team is, Being a good team and winning games are completely different because there's so much... People don't realize how much luck and chance goes into the result of a sporting event. If there was no luck or chance, just the better team would win every game. But the Texans had a lot of good bounces their way. They had turnover luck. They had that punt that the the Titans receiver muffed that kind of sealed the game. They had the weather luck. It was terrible weather. Everything went the Texans' way, and they run the game. They won the game. Ironically... One of the only games this year that the Titans actually deserved to win, they lost. Um, So that was, the whole game was kind of poetic based on what I was saying the week before. 
but I digress. My point is, don't let that win over the Titans prove like make you think that the Texans are actually like a half-decent team, because they're still dead last in offense last week. Their defense did well, but how much of that had to do with the weather? Uh, this is a toilet bowl game, and like I said earlier, in toilet bowl games, I will take whatever team is getting the points, because they both suck, anything can happen. I'll take the 2.5 points with the Jets at minus 105. I'm not buying into the win last week. Even though it was glorious for me, I'm not putting too much stock into it. Next up, we have the Giants and the Eagles. Um, and if I were to flip this, it'd be the Eagles are on the road. They're playing in New Jersey. And I'll be taking the Giants at plus 3.5, minus 115. I'm going against the Eagles, who I've loved betting on so much this season. But this is my toss-the-stats-out-the-window bet of the week. This is a massive sell-high spot on the Eagles. It is a massive Buy low spot on the Giants. And you gotta sell high and buy low on teams. I've loved the Eagles all season. You guys know this. But now they're getting too much credit. They're 12th in net yards per play. Giants are 21st. So yes, they're better. There is a difference there, but not as big of a difference as you might think. And I was on the under in the Bucks and Giants game on Monday night. That one did hit. And a big reason why I did like the under, if you recall, is that the Giants' defense isn't that bad. They're not good, but, I mean, you would assume because of their record and everything going on with the team that the Giants' defense sucks, but they're not that bad. 17th in opponent yards per play, um, and actually better in recent weeks, whereas this Eagles' defense was really good, but despite their winning games, the Eagles' defense has actually regressed a little bit. So over each team's last three games, the Giants are allowing 5.4 yards per play, the Eagles are allowing 5.9 yards per play. Also... I brought. I mentioned the Eagles defense earlier. The Eagles are the definition of bend but don't break. They are dead last in opponent completion percentage. Teams are getting, are completing passes of rate at, are completely, they are completing passes at a rate of 71.99% against the Eagles defense. That is the highest mark in the NFL, and that fits the Giants offense perfectly. Because New York likes to run shorter, shallower routes that yield a high completion percentage. So I think they're going to be able to take advantage of the Eagles' bend but don't break defense. I think they're going to be able to move the ball. I think they're going to be able to score some points. Divisional game, I'm selling high on the Eagles. I'm buying low on the Giants. It is their home underdogs. It's over that magic number of a field goal. Home team is getting the points. Give me Giants plus 3.5, minus 115. Then we got the Bengals and the Steelers. Uh, do I even need to say my pick for this? Bengals, minus 4.5, minus 110. Mike Tomlin needs to win Coach of the Year. The Steelers truly suck. Truly. But yet they somehow stay in games and somehow find ways to win some of them. Now this was my biggest heartbreak loss bet of the week last week was the Chargers because they were up, what, like 17 points late in the fourth quarter? interception in their own end just screwed them screwed my bet it was a it wasn't a bad beat but it was a stinger it was a heartbreaker chargers look like they're going to cover that spread the entire game until like the last five minutes the steelers are fourth last in net yards per play side note someone dm me is fourth last a canadian thing or is that just my bad english the guy said it's supposed to be fourth to last They rank 4th to last in net yards per play. Or is it just 4th last? I don't know if that's bad English. I don't know if that's just a Canadian thing. But I'm going to keep saying it that way. They are 4th last in net yards per play. The only teams that are worse in net yards per play than the Pittsburgh Steelers are the Lions, Jets, and Texans. I will repeat that statistic. 
The Steelers are fourth last in the NFL in net yards per play. The only teams that are worse in net yards per play are the Lions, Jets, and Texans. But yet the Steelers still find ways to stay in games. They still find ways to win games. Mike Tomlin deserves to win Coach of the Year. And now, on top of all that, they're now the worst team in the NFL in stopping the run. Teams are getting 4.8 yards per carry against them. Their secondary isn't good. They rank 23rd in yards per opponent yards per pass attempt. Stop thinking that the Steelers' defense is good. They aren't. TJ Watt is very good. TJ Watt is arguably the best defensive player in the NFL. But, just like AJ Terrell with the Falcons, unfortunately, there's 10 other guys on the field who need to play defense. Or if you're playing Canadian football, there's 11 other guys on the field. Steelers' defense is not good. Commentators need to stop saying the Steelers' defense is good. Were they good last year? Yes. Have they been good for the large majority of their history? Yes. But if I hear another commentator talk about how good the Steelers' defense is, I'm going to pull the hair out of my head. They aren't good. Look at the statistics. This is, You guys are getting paid an crazy amount of money to commentate these games. You think the least they could do is just look at statistics. They aren't a good team. I will continue. I'm so mad at the Steelers. And it's not really the Steelers' fault because they're just, just trying to win games. But from a betting standpoint, I'm so mad at them. Three weeks ago, I had... Uh, Browns money or uh, Bears money line against them, big money line. Ref screwed them, and then they still only lost on a last-second field goal. The week after, I had a huge money line bet on the Lions and went to overtime. The Lions lost on both a missed extra point and a missed field goal. And then last week, I was on the Chargers to cover the spread against them, and they're covering the whole spread up until the last two minutes of the game. Like <laughs> betting against the Steelers is becoming so frustrating. I have to keep do it, doing it now. I have to. Bengals minus four and a half, minus one ten. Uh, Bucks against the Colts. I'm not a believer in the Colts. They've played a few good games. They're still an average team when it comes to net yards per play, while the Bucks rank third. Now, here's the big reason why I like the Bucks here: forty point six three percent of the offensive yards gained by the Colts this season comes on the ground with their rushing attack. Jonathan Taylor, very good. Colts um, offensive line when it comes to run blocking, very good. So 40.63% of their offensive yards gained come on the ground. That is the fourth highest mark in the NFL. While the Bucks have the second best run defense in the NFL. They hold opponents to 3.8 yards per carry. And only 24.34% of the yards gained against them comes on the ground. Both of those are the second best marks in the NFL. So it's not a good stylistic matchup for the Colts offense. They'll have to rely on Carson Wentz's arm to win the game. And if you're going to bet on the Colts winning because of Carson Wentz, well, good luck to you, my friend. Also, Colts secondary, not very good. 22nd opponent yards per pass attempt. Tom Brady should not have too much of an issue with the Colts. Bucks minus 3, minus 110. Chargers, Broncos. Chargers haven't shown their strongest stuff recently, but I think they get a big win here. Two defenses that are right next to each other. You'd think the Broncos' defense is much better, but not necessarily the case. 15th and 16th in opponent yards per play, but I trust the Chargers' offense much more than I trust the Broncos' offense. Chargers' defense, which is one of the worst in the league in stopping the run, seems to have fixed that problem recently because they've only allowed 3.7 yards per carry in their last three games. While the Broncos' run defense has trended in the opposite direction, they've allowed 5.1 
yards per carry over their last three games. Maybe Von Miller played a big role in their run game. I don't know. Uh, but another big stat here that stuck out to me, which kind of put me over the top in liking the Chargers here. Sixth and third down offense. Broncos offense is 28th and third down. Um, not good. I've said this before. I think the third down offense or third down conversion percentage on offense has a is kind of a sneaky underlying stat to show exactly how efficient an offense is. So I'll take Chargers minus three, minus one hundred five. Patriots Titans. Uh, this opened at six, went down to five and a half. It's back up to six and a half. So that's where I had to take it at. But I'm a man of integrity. I don't jump on these early lines early in the week. I lock them in right before I record. So Patriots minus six and a half, minus one ten. Now, if you follow me on Twitter, you've known I've been on my soapbox over the past week about how I think the Titans are frauds. Um, they are eight and two last week. I was adamant they weren't as good as a football team as the record indicates. I got roasted alive by every Titans fan in the world, um, including one who's in the sports uh, betting business. Who I thought that person would have understood my point of view but apparently not um and then the titans lost uh as double digit favorites to the texans and completely uh, proved every point i made but of course um people need to die on that hill and everyone then just blame the injuries um and the covid and derrick henry and, and all that stuff so all i said last week was the titans aren't as good as their record indicates and every single stat proved that except for their record I got into an argument with some guy, some like podcast, like Drunken Dads podcast or Dads Sports, I don't know what it was, and he said I was just saying it as a hot take to get engagement, which is just a, a classic thing, like when I say something that people don't like, but it's true, they just say I'm, I'm just trying to give out a hot take. I'm not saying these things for no reasons, people. It's not, it's not like I just picked the Titans and was like, oh, let me piss off this fan base. I have the numbers to back it up. The only argument you can make against me is that numbers, stats don't mean anything, which is a wild opinion to have. Oh, have you? How many Titans games have you watched? Have you even watched Titans games? What, when I watch the games, the stats change? 24th in yards per play. Around the same in net yards per play. Over their last three games, or even worse, 29th in yards per play. They are the number one seed in the AFC. And like I said earlier, there is a difference between winning games and being a good team. They're winning games. I'm not taking that away from them. But statistically, they aren't a good football team. And I'm not just looking at yards per play. I wrote an article about it last week. It's basically every stat that you can look at. At best, they are average. And then if you look at the advanced analytics, if you look at things like EPA, if you look at things like success rate, bottom half of the league. So if you just want to say that I'm I'm a moron, I don't know what I'm talking about, I don't watch Titans games, I'm just saying stuff as a hot take to get a reaction, I have numbers to back it up. So unless you're going to come at me with some statistics that I'm not aware of outside of their win-loss record, then I'm objectively correct. <laughs> and that's all I got to say about that. I don't even have too much to say about this game. The Patriots are hot. Patriots, ever since they opened up their uh, opened up their offensive playbook for Mac Jones, have been fantastic. Their defense is the best ranked defense over the last number of weeks. They have the highest active win streak. Uh, I think the Patriots are going to run away with this one. 
Um, you could argue this is a sell high buy low spot. I'm not buying it. And also just because of, of the rants have gone on about the Titans, um, my pride and ego won't allow me to bet on them anymore this season. So I'm probably just going to continue to fade them. So, uh, I do think this is a good spot for the Patriots. So realistically Patriots minus six and a half minus minus one ten, And that does it for the early set of games on Sunday. Let's take a quick break and then we'll be back for the late slate the night, the primetime games, and best bets and teasers and all that stuff. So we'll be right back. All right, here we go. We're back. And I noticed these, that these episodes are, are slowly getting longer as the season goes on. I guess my opinions are getting stronger, so I'm going on more rants. Um, I'll try to speed it up because I do kind of want these episodes to be under 45 minutes, and this one's going to be over it again. So uh, I apologize. Rams-Packers. My favorite bet of the week, best bet of the week, Rams, money line, even money against the Packers here. Now, you might look at the Packers' record this season, including their 92 mark against the spread, and assume that last week's loss to the Vikings was an anomaly. I was on the Vikings last week. Um, I don't think it was. And some of the statistics that would disagree um, about how good they are compared to the record. So some people came, when I was talking about the Titans, some people came uh, after me and they were like, oh, what about the Packers? And you have to call them frauds too if you're going to call the Titans frauds. Yes. (laughs) <laughs> Correct. I don't think they're as as m- the difference between record and how good of a team they actually are. I think the gap is bigger for the Titans than the Packers. But yes, I don't think the Packers are as good as their record. I don't. 14th in the NFL in yards per play on offense. Their defense ranks 5th in opponent yards per play. So generally a good defense, but they're vulnerable on the ground. They rank 20th in opponent yards per carry. Meanwhile, the Rams still rank among the top in the NFL in several statistics despite the two recent losses, so don't put too much stock in those recent losses. They're still second in yards per play on offense, eighth in opponent yards per play. They are second in uh, net yards per play, I believe as well, either second or third. Um, uh, Where they do have issues is red zone a little bit. They rank 14th in red zone offense and 10th in red zone defense, but still a very good statistical team. Really, their last two losses came down to two bad early interceptions by Matt Stafford. Now you can't. It's, football's not as easy to just be like, "Oh, take away two bad interceptions and, and it's a different game." Yeah, of course. But I mean, that's <laughs> look at any game and you take away big turnovers and it's a different game. But what I'm saying is, I don't think that's indicative of how they are as a whole, um, as a team. I still trust that they are a very good team, and my big point, my big thing that you have to consider for this week. Now, I'm not a big buyer in uh, looking at a bye week and when a team comes off a bye week and, oh, they're coming off a bye week, so you should bet on them. But this situation is a little bit more extreme because you have the Rams who are coming off a bye week, but they're facing the Packers who have yet to have their bye week, which is very important. It is late in the season. It is week 12, and the Packers have not had a bye week yet. Aaron Rodgers even talked about this uh, in the post-game press conference after the Vikings game. He said, we just need to survive until our bye week and then regroup. So their bye week is next week. He even said, we just need to see if we can find a way to beat the Rams. This Packers team is banged up. They're hurt. They have another offensive lineman ruled out. Aaron Rodgers has a bum toe. Um, They're tired. And and I can kind of empathize with that. I mean, the football season as a player is a grind of a football season for you to not have your bye week through the first 11 weeks is tough. So you have a banged up, a tired Packers team, a hurt Packers team facing a Rams team that is coming off a bye week that is well rested. 
that looked terrible in their last two games. And I'm not I'm like I don't, I'm not a motivated handicapper. I'm not one of those guys who go, oh, this team's in a must win. Oh, this team's motivated. But I mean, there is something to say for it that they're rested. They have to like want to make up for those two losses. This is certainly not a look ahead spot for the Rams. Also, this is Packers beat the Rams last year in the playoffs. I'm not going to say this is a revenge game. That's stupid. I hate that. But you kind of get what I'm saying here. A very banged up, a tired Packers team who has yet to have a bye week, who's looking forward to their bye week, taking uh, taking on a well-rested Rams team that is coming off their bye week, that is coming off two bad losses. I think everything is coming up Rams here in this spot. Best bet of the week, Rams plus 100. Love it, love it, love it. And we got 49ers, Vikings. I'm taking 49ers minus 3, minus 115 against them. People began discounting the 49ers after a slow start to their season, and I did too. But even at 5-5, five and five, their stats show that they're a better football team than their record indicates. In fact, I'm considering betting on the uh, 49ers to um, win the Super Bowl at 50-1. to or, uh, yeah, was, yeah, 50 to 1. No. Yeah, 50, is, I think they're 50-1. to 1. Uh, I think I might place a uh, bet on them before Sunday. Um, they rank 7th in the NFL in yards per play, 6th in opponent yards per play. If you can hear the banging in the background, because I live in a New York City apartment, whenever the heat turns on, um, it sounds like someone's banging on my walls, but it's just the pipes. Crazy. What a, what a world. What a city I'm living in. Uh, where, where, where was I here? Um, Vikings. Meanwhile, the Vikings have been solid on offense. Vikings, Vikings offense is good. They rank 13th in yards per play, but their defense leaves a lot to be desired. Defense still ranks 26th in opponent yards per play. 31st in opponent yards per carry. So you can run the ball down the throat of this Vikings defense. And what is the, and what do the 49ers do well? Run the ball. Uh, now, the Vikings' biggest strength on defense is their pass rush. But with the 49ers heavily running, uh, actually third uh, third highest sack percentage, Sacking quarterbacks and 8.07% of dropbacks. But the 49ers rely heavily on the run game, so I don't think it'll play that big of a factor. I expect the 49ers to just run the ball, slice through the Vikings defense with the run game, and willing to lay the points with them. 49ers minus 3, minus 115. I believe they're at home as well. Yeah, they're, they're, yeah that's a home game for them. Then we got the two primetime games left. Browns plus 3.5, minus 105 against the Ravens. Love this matchup, love this matchup, love this matchup. Buy low spot on the Browns. Uh, both teams, I mean, this matchup's all about the run game. Both teams rank in the top five in the NFL in rushing yards percentage. So 43.27% of the offensive yards gained by the Browns comes on the ground. That's the third highest mark in the NFL. And then 37.51% of the Ravens' offensive yards gained come through the run game. And that's the sixth highest mark in the NFL. So I think I just said they both rank in the top five. I guess they rank in the top six. I don't know if I wrote this note down correct or not. But you get my point. They both run the ball a shit ton. But when it comes to stopping the run, the Browns have the advantage. Their defense ranks sixth in opponent yards per carry, while the Ravens rank 12th. Now, as a whole, the Browns rank 10th in opponent yards per play on defense. The Ravens, who many assume, just like the Steelers, just like the Bears, many assume the Ravens have one of the best defenses in the NFL due to recent history. Not true. Second last in opponent yards per play. The only team in the NFL that's allowing more yards per play is the New York Jets. Allow me to repeat myself, my friends. The only team in the NFL that is allowing more yards per play than the Baltimore Ravens is the New York Jets. Not good. And this is, we're now 11 games into the season, or 10 games for the Ravens. 
not a small sample size. That is a significant sample size. And they still, I keep waiting for the Ravens to have a bounce back game on defense. They don't. Or they haven't, I should say. I will not be back in the Ravens in a, in a divisional game while their defense is playing as poor as they are. I will take the points with the Browns on Sunday Night Football. I will say Baker Mayfield looks banged up bad. That makes me nervous, but I, hopefully the run game can, can, can do enough for them here. And then we got Monday Night Football. I'm going to take the Seahawks minus 105 on the money line against Washington. The sky seems to be falling in Seattle. But I'm here to tell you to not completely write off this team just quite yet. Maybe they're not going to make the playoffs, but they're still going to be in a few good betting spots because they are now in a buy low spot. This is a game. This is a game. This game is a classic spot of two teams turning in the opposite directions, which makes you want to back Washington. But I would advise you to do the opposite: buy low on the Seahawks, sell high on the football team. Despite sporting a, a worse record and losing two straight stinkers, the Seahawks still have the talent on paper to string together some wins here. Their defense, by the way, everyone's shitting on their offense, and for good reason. Seahawks' defense has actually been pretty good. 17th in the NFL in opponent yards per play, 11th in that stat over their last three games, so even though they're losing games, it's not because of their defense. Meanwhile, Washington's defense still in shambles, airing 28th in opponent yards per play, and they got torched by usually stale Carolina offense in Week 11 despite the win, so don't let recency bias influence you here. Seattle is the play in this spot. This podcast has gone on way too long. I need to cut down on some of my rants. Holy moly. Uh, those are my bets, so allow me to recap them, and then I'll give you my best bet and my teaser, and then we'll get out of the oh, and then we will get out of here. But before I recap everything, let's take one more break. All right, we're back. Let's recap the picks and give you my best bets and teasers here. All right, best bets. Uh, sorry, I'm gonna recap all the picks first. Thanksgiving, we got Bears, Lions over 41.5, minus 110. Raiders, plus 8, minus 110 against the Cowboys. Bills, minus 6, minus 110 against the Saints. Then on Sunday, we have Jaguars, plus 100 on the money line against the Falcons. Panthers, minus 1, minus 115 against the Dolphins. Jets, plus 2.5, minus 105 against the Texans. Giants, plus 3.5, minus 115 against the Eagles. Bengals, Minus four and a half, minus one ten against the Steelers. Bucks minus three, minus one ten against the Colts. Chargers minus three, minus one hundred five against the Broncos. Patriots minus six and a half, minus one ten against the Titans. Rams plus one hundred even money against the Packers. Forty Niners minus one three, minus one fifteen against the Vikings. Browns plus three and a half, minus one hundred five against the Ravens. Seahawks minus one hundred five. Against the Washington football team, my best bets. Uh, I've won on Thursday. My Thursday best bet is Raiders plus eight, and then my four others are Rams even money against Packers, Chargers minus three against the Broncos, Bengals minus four and a half, and Bucks minus three against the Colts. And then my teaser. I didn't even write down my teaser last week. I don't know if it hit. To be honest, I'm assuming it didn't because uh, I've been bad with teasers. But let's guess that my Teaser did hit last week. Uh, <laughs> who do I? Uh, I think I teased Texans. I forget who the second leg was though. Oh well, let's let's assume it was a win. Um, teaser this week, and I tease the Jets up to plus eight and a half against the Texans and Ram, and tease the Rams plus seven 
versus the Packers. Jets plus 8.5, Rams plus 7, minus 120, little six-point teaser for you teaser fiends out there. And I love that teaser. Uh, there you have it. That's all, all I got for you. This has been a long episode. I appreciate you listening. Subscribe. Please. Rate. Please. Review. Please. Other than that, I love you all. Happy Thanksgiving. Uh, if you don't celebrate Thanksgiving, happy um, uh, middle to late November week. <laughs> Best of luck with all your bets, whether you decide to tail, fade, or make your own picks. I wish you luck, and I'll talk to you all uh, next week. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.